Hi, everyone. Welcome to Off Mute. I'm Obella Braun-West, joined by my guest co-host, Dalton Dornay. Today, we're going to catch up with innovative, disruptive, and non-traditional digital marketer, Yvonne Kinzer. Yvonne is the head of digital marketing and e-commerce for Avocados from Mexico. Through the span of her 20-plus year marketing career, Yvonne has played leadership roles in multiple corporations, representing multi-billion dollar brands, as well as top advertising agencies such as Lintas and McCann Erickson Worldwide. Under her leadership, Avocados from Mexico's digital work has won multiple accolades, including an ANA Reggie Award in 2020 for disrupted use of digital technology. And in 2018, Yvonne was honored with the Changing the Game Award Brainwave, which recognizes women within the marketing industry who are true catalysts of innovation by fearlessly making bold moves and reinventing the roles of marketing to transform brands and their organizations. Yvonne, welcome to Off Mute. Hi everyone! I love to be here. I love the the name of the your podcast. I'm so happy to be here and having this conversation because, like we were talking before, I think the industry needs more of these type of conversations. We agree, and I Dalton is very very modest, but Dalton came up with the name of our podcast. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> yeah, you got me at off mute. Absolutely. As soon as she said it, I said, oh my God, that's the name. So thank you so much, Dalton. Okay, Yvonne, let's kick it off. So we are not, as you have heard by our name, the traditional podcast. We're going to start off in a little bit different way where I'm going to say a word and Dalton will say a word as well. And we just want to hear what comes top of mind after we say the word. Okay. Okay. Ready? Low All right, let's get started. Okay, so the first word, Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl, I will say guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> so on brand. <laughs> you know, it may be. Um, I think it's, it's very relevant. Of course, that's the first thing that comes to my mind because it's my daily life. Um, but there's a huge reason behind. and. Um, you know, as I think about it, um, when we decided to go to the Super Bowl, because that's how I'm making the connection, we, our thought was how many products are in front of the consumer when that TV spot comes out in doing the Super Bowl? Very few. You don't have, a, if you have automotive, you don't have that automotive in front of you, but chips, whack, sodas, those are in front of the consumer. Um, so, you know, in, uh, just to give you a, an example of the magnitude and the relevance, um, in, within the two months leading to the Super Bowl, we put in the market over 240 million pounds of avocado. Those oh my are goodness. <laughs> for the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, we, we have, um, uh, kind of a comparison when we, kind of speak in conferences and we want to give the audiences kind of a feel for what that looks like, the, those 240 million pounds. We uh, ask them to imagine a football stadium 
covered with guacamole from end to end <laughs> and then raise that, raise that 30 feet from the ground. And that's the equivalent of the amount of guacamole that is consumed in Super Bowl. Oh my that God. Crazy. That, wow. that sounds like a football field that I would love to partake in. It's so <laughs> funny though, because when you say Super Bowl, like my instant reaction would have been Yvonne, because I think Yvonne is like, <laughs> she's like the Tom Brady of Super Bowl advertising. She probably has as many rings as him for like winning Super Bowl advertising every year. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a very generous comparison, but I appreciate it. Yeah, no, that, that definitely, you know, the, the Super Bowl um, have change in my opinion the brand um i see avocados from mexico before and after the super bowl as soon as or ceo took over the company in 2014 the the first thing that or one of the first things he proposed to, to the board of directors was a very bold idea for a fresh produce brand is let's go to the super bowl and you know, we, we started in 2015, uh, fast forward six years later, we went from 23% to 55% brand recognition for avocado from Mexico as a brand. We have delivered 34 billion impressions between digital and PR. We had, a, and, and Dalton knows this, uh, we have been the only brand in the history of the Merkle Board Report on being in the Top two and top top one and top two places as a, a top digital performer among all the brands participated in the Super Bowl, and we're talking about multi-billion-dollar global companies. So you know, we, Super Bowl had done a lot for us, and and it's all because America loves guacamole in their <laughs> what's the game with the guacamole in front of them. So question for you before I kick it over to Dalton for the next word, what, what are your plans this year? What, what are your plans if the Super Bowl potentially doesn't happen as it's happened in the past? You know, interestingly enough, even before COVID, we had already made the decision of take a break from the Super Bowl TV this year. However, no digital. We're still playing uh, with uh, digital activation that is as large as any of the ones that we have um, executed in the, the previous years. The difference is that instead of having a TV spot this year, we're having a very robust shopper activation so think about it nobody's making a plan to have avocados in their menu for the super bowl on super bowl day so that was more right. a brand move but if we really want to move volume and push sales toward the super bowl we have to start earlier so we are actually starting on october november or december with a pretty robust shopper activation uh, we call that OND, October, November, December, our key month for us in terms of volume. But then um, going with a Super Bowl digital campaign and shopper activation that is going to be launched on January 4th. So the only thing missing in the, the mix is the TV spot, but we're going back in 2022. 
it's just that take a break. We, you know, we think that the worst thing that we can do as an organization is just continue to do things just because we have done it in the past. So we, we say, you know, let's, let's try other things. Let's try other avenues. Let's reinvent ourselves and um, discover other territories and then, you know, go back. But, but let's just open up all new territories that we haven't explored before in our short six years life of, you know, our, our organization. One of my favorite things about you as a marketer is that you think, you know, in the big, bold brand way, but also in the very performance, digital, experiential way too. And not everybody can really bridge those worlds effectively. And so it actually is a perfect segue to our next word, because um, we've just asked you, what are you going to do about Super Bowl and your TV ad buy this year? And, and so your next word is OTT, sometimes called CTV. <laughs> OTT, I will say evolution. Um, I think about evolution and, you know, I will say in, in two different ways. In what way for me, OTT is definitely, definitely an evolution from linear TV in the way that it came to cover the weakness of linear TV because we can now target households in, based on, you know, the, the consumption habits of that specific household but on the other hand and also looking at the opportunity to evolve i think that there's a lot of room for improvement still in the ott space and it, it more like um i think that ott has still a long way to catch up with more sophisticated digital channels that allow greater and more accurately personalization by individual and not by household because after all a household is a group of people still so um, um you know we know that we're right now at a point where personalization has been more important than ever and ever before and is getting more and more relevant as technology comes to help us you know um personalize personalize more with first party data and so on it's funny. I always have the, I know everyone talks about this, but my husband's Netflix looks very different from mine. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm with you at the personalization aspect because when we're getting served, not necessarily on Netflix, but on Hulu or Sling or et cetera, when you can tell who watched the television last just based on the ads that we're getting. Because when I'm sitting there watching in a steady stream, my advertising is very different <laughs> from what my husband gets. So I, I completely hear you from the yeah. more personalized space. Totally. And, and you know, you, you name Netflix and Hulu. Those are the most personalized channels for, uh, of OTT, definitely, because you log in, in into in your um, account. Um, however, they also offer the option of paying a service to eliminate advertising. So you have the best players for personalization, but then you have that barrier. So you've already given a couple of examples of the next word, and obviously you've won an award for this. So your last word is disruption. I will say convergence. In my opinion, when you see the, the greatest innovations of today, um, even though the technology is evolving really, really quickly, but when you see the major disrupt, 
disruptions is not one technology, but is multiple technologies converging. And, and you know, I, I can think of several examples. I think the, the most obvious is the iPhone. You know, the, the telephone was already invented. Um, streaming was already there. Uh, internet was there. But it's then Apple came and brought all those technologies together and really, um, you know, hit it out of the park. And, and when we see in or opinion, I mean, in my personal opinion, based on our experience, um, our most disruptive campaigns have been those that mix or overlap two or more different technologies. And, and I think the reason why, you know, technology innovation disruption is moving today at a much um, faster pace than it did in the past is because of that, because there's more technologies and because the, the, we marketers are discovering different ways to bring those together. Um, that brings me, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to tell you, um, very exciting story. Actually, you, you will be the first one to know. Um, I don't know if this is going to work, but this is of mute. So we were free to say. I was going to say, right? say whatever you would like. I yeah. love that we're getting an off mute exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> so um, a couple of years ago, we start thinking about what innovation can we bring to the table to solve one of the main consumption barriers for avocados. Based on research, we know that one of the major barriers for consumption is the lack of avocado education, like how to pick the right avocado. And then consumers may feel intimidated when they are in the grocery store about to pick the avocado and they don't know if it's too ripe, no ripe, I need it for next week, how can I have it right for next week, that sort of things. So we came up with an idea of using um, uh, image recognition technology to put over the avocado via mobile, and then we, uh, you know, um, tell the the buyer or the the the, the tool will tell the the shopper how uh, ripe or not ripe was that avocado. So it turned out that we couldn't do it back then because the only indicator of ripeness is not only color, it's a combination of color and touch. So, you know, let's fast forward two years. This year we're going to try again because then we have an aha moment. See, wait a minute. We were thinking about image recognition back then, but what if we add now machine learning? And we start doing an experiment and we start training a machine from now until, you know, for a, a few months. And when the machine say, when, when the image recognition indicates that the avocado is ripe, we or open the avocado. And if it's ripe, we tell the machine, yes, this is a ripe avocado. If it's not ripe, we tell the machine it is not a ripe avocado. So when we do that exercise over and over and over, it will become a point where the machine will know more than what any human eye can can know when an avocado is ripe not based on, on on the color and so we're right now doing that experiment and if it work you, you know that that will be one of our greatest innovation 
to solve a real business problem. That is amazing. That and, is so amazing. <laughs> and I just say, like, as you know, Yvonne, I grew up in Florida. I had an avocado tree in my grandmother's backyard. I grew up around avocados. I know how to pick them. But my long-suffering British husband will never get it right. And he, like, FaceTimes me from the grocery store to, like, show me. And I'm like, I can't tell over FaceTime. If it, this, we will be, he will be your number one uh, customer <laughs> with this innovation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so the fascinating, the fascinating thing is that you say one technology didn't do it. But we, when you bring two technologies and you bring them together, we may solve a problem and we may just have an innovation and what, you know, a great innovation on our hands. And I think it's an innovation that can scale beyond an avocado. You're solving a, a huge problem potentially in the market yeah, from yeah. the avocados from Mexico company, which is, which is pretty cool. That's why you have so many awards, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> We tried, we tried that. We have fun doing that kind of things and discovering that the important thing is that we are very disciplined in doing what we call meaningful innovation. We live in a technology world and a digital world where we have so many shiny objects all over the place. So it's really easy to lose focus. But when one thing that we do very well and, and we're very disciplined is let's first, let's think first about the there's, there's, is there a need? Is there um, a, a problem that we need to address? Is there a business challenge or is an opportunity? If it doesn't solve a, 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 a business problem and if it doesn't address an opportunity, then it doesn't matter how cool that may be, but we're, we're not using our resources uh, on that. So this is a, a great uh, follow-up on that. Uh, to your point on innovation and to you know being intentional about what you test and, and where you innovate and how you focus around all the bright, shiny objects out there, what are your bold predictions for heading into next year? Like when you think of all the cool things that are happening and the convergence and stuff, what do you think is uh, going to happen in the industry to shake things up? Yeah, you know, this. I think this year has been a great time for marketers to reflect on a lot of things, not only because we are, I think that the, the, the work environment right now gives us a little bit of space to really think about what is going on and the changes that are coming. So there's so many there's so many things that I have thought and reflected upon the, during this time. And, and there's, you know, changes that are obvious but then what I really like to think is how those changes that are obvious are really going to shake the industry. And one of the, the, the things that I have um, thought about the most is, and there's a lot of indicators that um, is coming, uh, is a radical transformation of the marketing technology ecosystem. Like huge, like we have, like we have never seen before so you know in in one side we have the the marketing technology platforms and tools and and you know in 2020 those was last time i checked like eight thousand. even after it, the ecosystem was cleaned up with removing about eight percent of those but i think that that is now about to explore even bigger 
uh, with everything that is going on. And, and I think um, companies and technology companies working really, really fast to catch up with the new changes that are um, happening. And I, I think also that part of that change will be um, some of those smaller and less relevant are going to go out of the market. But I also think that we're going to see a lot of um, uh, fusions and acquisitions. Um, I think that also some uh, platforms that have multiple areas are going to look more for integration. I think that integration is something that we desperately need in the industry um, as time is, you know, uh, we struggle more with, with time and, and, and with a um, fragmented ecosystem. So I think that, that we're, it's going to, the, the, the marketing technology ecosystem is going to be shake up, but for a much, much better organization. Now, on the other hand, so we're talking about tools and platforms. On the other hand, we have the ad tech ecosystem. And I think that the reality there will be a lot different um, instead of that uh, growth that we're going to see in on the other side I think that we're going to that the ad tech is going to take a hit especially when you know in 2020 um, 2022 when when you know we we don't have third party cookies anymore especially the programmatic side if if you know if programmatic loses the the capacity to target specific audience and personalize, then, then, then you know, we're going back like 10 years um, to, to where we were before we have that capability. So in all, I think that we're going to come to the other side a lot better, uh, cleaner, more focused, more integrated, um, you know, one thing that is is uh, is going to come out of all of this is more like I will say radical transparency in the industry, which is something that we're also desperately desperately needing. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of the privacy laws. I think that um, it's really they're really going to. Um, go back to the purpose of why we need data and how we use data for the good of the consumer, for a more uh, consumer-centric um, approaches and platforms and campaigns and, and how um, we take more control of um, data as a tool to make better marketing. So, you know, I, I'm very optimistic about everything that is coming after this tsunami that is coming through all these kind of changes. Now, do you, I know you were saying at the beginning that you um, feel that 2020 has kind of pushed some of this forward. Do you think that if we weren't in this global pandemic and everything that's happened this year, that these, that these would be your same predictions? Or do you feel as if because of everything that's gone on this year, this is actually forced a lot of that. And of course, the cookie-less world we've been talking about for a while. So that one aside, like everything else, do you feel like 2020 has accelerated some of this? Yeah, that's a great question because, you know, it's not that these kind of things just appear all of a sudden with COVID. I think that that was like 
being shaped already, and it was in the mind of uh, the, the technology world, marketing. So it's, it, it has been already cooking for a while. What the pandemic is doing is accelerating everything. I, right. you know, during the first month, I was in multiple calls with uh, technology partners and well, they were doing happy hours or whatever they call it, but really it, it was a focus group with brands to see what, right. you know, how are you going? What is the direction? Are you pivoting? Uh, what are you needing? Because their teams were like, you know, fast and furious trying to come up with new so solutions and an iteration of their platforms and tools to react to the changes that are coming in the market. So what is it like everybody, all of a sudden is like, what? Okay, let's just hurry up and, you know, press the accelerator and, <laughs> and do uh, everything that you were considering doing um, in, you know, any ways, maybe in a period of one, two, three years, all of a sudden that, um, you know, you, you just put, put it in, in, in motion right now. So sticking, sticking on the topic of predictions, let's fast forward, what, 2023, Dalton, that's in COVID times, I can't keep track anymore. 2023 is now two years away instead of three years <laughs> away, right? <laughs> 2023, what do you think you'll be working on in the future? Oh, well, you know, I, I hope that I don't know. That's what I hope, that I don't know what I will be working on because if I knew it will be outdated by 2023. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you have told me two years ago that I will be, you know, working right now, which is, is true, it's our priority right now, is building our first party data ecosystem. We have our uh, consumer data platform with, artificial intelligence, machine learning, creating audiences that help us to increase the performance of our campaigns. I will, I will have probably not even understand what you were talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> things have changed so much. And, and again, I, I truly believe that the acceleration of those changes are going to be faster and faster. So um, I would love to think that I'm going to be working in 2023 in something completely new that I have no visibility, um, right, you know, at this point. So you've, you've done amazing work at Avocados for Mexico, but you have such an expansive career. Getting a little, a little bit personal. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best and worst thing that you've ever worked on or been a part of? And it can be personal, it can be professional, but you have such a breadth of um, a digital career. What, tell, us, tell us something that people don't know <laughs> from a best and worst perspective. Oh, well, um, you know, I have been back and forth between advertising agency and corporate or brand um, uh, throughout over, 20 years. And I love both. Within the corporate side, I have been in large multi-billion dollar companies, global, and I have been in small startups. Um, again, I love the advertising agency world a lot. But like I said, and I say this to my agencies as a joke, but you know, behind any joke, there's a lot of truth. I say the only bad thing about advertising agencies is the clients. And so tell, tell us more, Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, not all of them, but when you are, you know, I think that one of the things that pushed me away, one of the things that were others, but one of the things that pushed me away of that, it was like, you don't get to choose what clients do you, do you work with? At least when you work for a cor- corporation or a brand, you know, you, you get an offer and you decide if you want to work for that brand or not. But when you are in, in the agency, you have to work for your client, whatever it is. And I, boy, I have been, I have worked for great, great brands and I have worked for some that I'm surprised that they are still in business and, uh, or, or that the brand is relevant. And, and you know, the sad thing is that some brands um, very, I will say, with a, with a very conservative mindset in regards to advertising approach, hire an advertising agency just to um, do what they always have been doing, you know, and, and you know, right. there, there's years, there, there's some agencies that are more traditional, but but still, I mean, an, an advertising agency is synonymous of creativity and inventive. And, and, and then in my experience, I have found in some of those uh, brands that, that don't go with that creativity and get stuck in the, this is the way we have been done it. And by the way, we don't want to take risk, um, are kind of blocking a lot of opportunities, not only for their corporations, but also for, you know, this group of tal- the talented people that is working on the agency side, trying to help them and they doesn't let them um, help them. So, um, you know, in the, on the other side, and I'm, I'm, this is a comparison like side by side, on the other hand, um, I see one of the best things that I have experienced is in, um, oh, by the way, let me tell you, I, in a 20 years career, I never have been longer in an organization that I have been in Avocados from Mexico. I have been there already for six years. And the reason is creative freedom for me is very, very important. It's like oxygen. Um, if I do, doesn't have it, I'm like, uh, you know, cannot even breathe. So, um, and that's one of the things that, one of the things that keeps me engaged um, year after year. And, you know, when, when I see, when I think about one of the best experience that I have had is our planning process. Um, it's like anything um, I haven't seen before. It, it lasts six months and it starts every January and it ends in, in June. And, and it's like, I have been in Avocado from Mexico for six years, but every single year doing planning is like, I'm in a new job because we start from zero and what have we learned? In my case that I'm, I'm overseeing digital, how the technology evolved this last year. So how, and, and it's a wide canvas, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to reinvent our practice, um, what, how are we going to do what nobody else is doing? And that is year over year over year. And it's a very, very creative um, analytical process because like Dalton said before, and, and, and she knows, so she knows us, um, we are almost, I would, not even almost, we're obsessed with metrics and performance. And so, so we, you know, we plan and, and we have really creative solutions, but always looking for that breakthrough performance. And, and that's, that's half of the year. Imagine working on creating um, half, half of the year. So that's, it's just fascinating. 
Okay. We're going to play another little game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> since you like games, right? So, um, Lonely Island, you're starting a company. You're the CEO. It's your company. You're in charge. You get three things, a person, a tool or a technology, and a partner. And I love your games. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> so a partner, oh my gosh, I will partner with Facebook because the data, you know, as we all know, Facebook has more data than God. And um, imagine what we can do with uh, <laughs> all that data from every, uh, almost every human uh, on earth. So um, uh, definitely I will partner with uh, Facebook, uh, take it, you know, putting aside everything that they have built, but it's just the, their data. Um, one person, I will pick my boss. I will pick the, the CEO of Avocado from Mexico. I think that, um, and, and I swear, I'm not saying this for him to listen to that. I was going to say, I was like, Avon, I was like, Avon, no. stop kissing up. No, 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 he, he knows me. He knows me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything like that. But, but this is the thing. Like I said before, I, um, the most important thing for me is creative freedom. Um, performance is, is, is very important for me. But the most important thing for him is performance. So I think that you, you know, in a partnership, you, I think that you have to partner with the person and this applies to life too. I mean, business relationship and personal relationship, you have to partner with the people that bring the best out of you. So it, during all this year working for him at Avocado from Mexico, I have taken my best skills that are in that um, innovative thinking and creativity and align that with his pursuit for um, like off the chart performance and the combination has been explosive. So all these awards that you mentioned before, um, a lot of people, I mean, you know, officially you, you gave me the credit and, um, but, but really a lot of people um, has to do with that. My agencies and, and everybody involved, my team, but especially my boss with, you know, bringing that creative um, thinking and tied it really, really tied with um, that obsession for performance. And I think that's without a doubt one of the, you know, the, the ingredients that I have driven the success in the digital um, area of Avocado from Mexico. And then a tool, I will pick uh, machine learning because, you know, it, things are going to continue evolving. We never get to know our consumers as fast as we, you know, need to. And, but you, when you have a machine thinking faster than any human, then you are always going to be relevant. So Yvonne, we've been peppering you with games and questions. Thank you for playing along, but... <laughs> We are off mute. So what we want to do now is allow you to come off mute and say whatever is on your mind. What do you want our listeners to know, hear, think about? Through this conversation we're having today, talking about, you know, reflecting on what I have done and why I like my current job. And, you know, I moved from agent advertising agencies. I, it just brought to my mind that 
I want to take this opportunity to tell the advertising agency industry something that I always have thought, but I just realized and I never said uh, publicly. And, and it is that, think about it. Have you watched Mad Men? That was in 1950. How was the structure of an advertising agency? Fast forward, 2021, what is the structure of an advertising agency? How it is possible that it hasn't changed? And one of the things that drives me crazy is that in a time where information is democratized, where we know already that smart people, which the advertising industry is full of smart, creative people, you know, smart people think in with the whole brain in and, and in 360 why the advertising industry still keep putting people in boxes why is that the person that manages my account on the day by day cannot come up with an idea because they have to go to creative to ask for permission and how is that creative has to, um, when, when someone asks a, a, a question about um, the strategy, has to be to the planner to ask the strategy. Can we have someone with a 360 brain, degree brain that can see the, the overall of our business? So what is happening is that there's going to come someone that is going to um, eat their business for lunch because when, when someone can come up with a, um, intelligent POV um, about a business without having 10 people from the agency in a room, I think that, that the industry will realize that, wow, we're a little bit outdated and we really have to evolve. Like everybody is evolving except that industry. So I, I, I trust that uh, it's, just, it's just a matter of someone realizing like, right, how I didn't think about it to the whole industry to follow because it's, it's way, way overdue. Yvonne, thank you so much for joining us on Off Mute. And thank you everyone for listening. Join us next week when we'll be talking to Andrew Steinthal. Yvonne, thank you again. Thank you so much for all the fun today.